All right, everybody out there, welcome to Wagers Ragers. It's week 14 in the NFL. Can't believe how quickly the season has flown by. We're almost at the end of the regular season. We're in that last four-game home stretch. You know, week 13 was an interesting week, especially for my New York Jets. So let's quickly recap week 13. But before we do that, let me introduce our panelists. Myself, the host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. And as always, joining me is John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. Also from the wonderful Garden State of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. John, how are we doing out there? I'm doing great, man. And uh, hello to everybody from New Jersey to the rest of the world. Hope your December is uh, going well. And um, hopefully your, your caches have been bountiful. How are you doing, JT? Doing well, doing well. You know, it's the start of the weekend. Lots of good college football on this weekend. I'll give you my nugget later on in the pod. Can you give me just four nuggets? But of course, last week, my New York Jets did not disappoint. I thought at the end that the Jets were actually going to pull off a victory, get their first win of the season, blow the opportunity for the first pick in next year's draft to take Trevor Lawrence as their franchise quarterback. But the Jets didn't disappoint. On fourth down, called up a zero blitz, eight rushing the quarterback, and only three back in coverage with uh, rookie cornerbacks. One of the cornerbacks, Lamar Jackson, lined up against probably the fastest guy in the league. Derek Carr did not disappoint. Threw the bomb over 40 yards for the touchdown, and the Raiders pulled out the victory against New York Jets, sending the Jets to 0-12. Now, I thought the Raiders were going to blow the doors off the Jets. The Raiders were laying eight and a half points after coming off that just dismal performance against the Falcons the week before. And the Raiders just really laid an egg against the Jets. I mean, they're obviously lucky to get the victory, but it looks like the Raiders are just not a very good team right now. I think they're going to have a lot of trouble making the playoffs. So I thought the Raiders were going to cover the eight and a half. They clearly did not. So I lost on that bet. But my two props in the bet did cover both Carr over 259 and a half uh, passing yards and uh, over 23 and a half completions. So I hit on both of those. My, uh, my second game, though, I fared much better. I really thought that the, the Patriots were going to cover the, the point spread in this game. And in fact, they were getting a point and a half at the LA Chargers. And what did the Patriots do? They just blew the doors off the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers every week, week in and week out, play close games. But last week, they just got destroyed by the Patriots. Unfortunately, I, uh, I thought that, that that good vibe that the Patriots had the week before against the Chargers was going to carry over on Thursday night. And I took the Patriots getting four and a half points against the Rams, and they just got destroyed, and Cam Newton got benched. So, you know, I, I won with the Patriots. I lost with the Jets, but I did cover my, my props. And uh, so, John, how would you do last week? It was another fun week. You know, I have to say, you know, checking out that Jets-Raiders game, which I actually watched a lot of, one of the more interesting experiences that you can have watching a football game because I'm watching the game, which I don't really have a vested interest in, except for my friends who are Jets fans. So I'm texting with you and Eric the Marine while the game is going on. And the funny thing is, you guys are not cheering for the Jets to win because you want the number one pick and a franchise quarterback. So you're cheering for them to lose. So, of course, I naturally start cheering along with you uh, and it's like this weird thing where I'm cheering with my friends who are Jets fans, but we're cheering for the Jets to lose. And then you get this amazing ending 
where Greg Williams calls an all-out blitz on behalf of all Jets fans, <laughs> permitting Derek Carr to throw the bomb to Henry Ruggs, who I was starting in my uh, one of my dynasty fantasy leagues. So I love getting that touchdown. So that was a lot of fun. What was not fun for me as a vested Philadelphia Eagles fan was watching that Eagles-Packers game. The, the Eagles have just not given Eagles fans any juice really over the last month. They've lost four games in a row. So this was the Packers and the Eagles in Philly, or excuse me, at Lambeau, excuse me, where the Eagles were getting either eight and a half points or seven and a half points, depending on which site you were looking at. Uh, my advice was to go ahead, take the Packers, give the points. That turned out well. But of course, the story of the game, which we'll get into a little bit later in more detail, was that Carson Wentz, who you know, has had no help this season because of injuries and otherwise, also himself has played very poorly all year, finally gets benched in the third quarter of that Packer game. Jalen Hurts comes in, does provide a spark to the Eagles, but it's not enough. Uh, and the, the, the Packers take the win there. So I was right about my advice to take the Packers and give the points. Uh, I took a look at a couple of props as well. Wentz over on rushing 14 and a half yards. That hit. Um, I had a one of those shot in the dark props that I liked a lot. Uh, tight end Robert Tunyon from the Packers. Uh, I noted last week that the Eagles gave up the eighth most touchdowns per game to tight ends. So I liked Tunyon to score in the Packers to win. That hit. You rode the Greg Ward train again. Uh, he His over hit on both yards and catches. I also loved Aaron Jones, 58 and a half rushing yards at plus 105. Bang, that hit. Uh, I was wrong, however. I, you know, was hoping, wishing and praying and frankly thought that Doug Peterson would give, would give Miles Sanders more carries last week. The Packers rushing defense had not been good up to that point. He didn't do that. I, I, I'm just completely frustrated with Peterson and his play calling. So the, the Miles Sanders over on 63 and a half rushing yards did not hit because Doug Peterson thought it made more sense to give carries to Jordan Howard, who they just uh, signed after the Dolphins cut him. Second game I took, AFC game, the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Depending on which site you were looking at, the Texans were getting either three or three and a half points. I said take Houston. Houston had been playing really well as of late. Deshaun Watson had been absolutely killing it. The Colts a little bit more up and down as of late, even though they've had a really good season. Now, the Colts ended up winning by six points. So the call on the point spread was not great by me. But if you watch the game, the Texans really should have covered. With about 90 seconds left in the game, the Houston had the ball at the Colts too. So worst case scenario, they, there's a really good chance they're covering there. It's a bad snap. Deshaun Watson couldn't handle it. So they turned the ball over after having it at the two. Uh, and that's why they lost the way they did. Uh, four props. Uh, I loved uh, Deshaun Watson at 28 and a half rushing yards. He, he hit that. I loved Jonathan Taylor, 52 and a half rushing yards. Hit that as well. Also liked Naheem Hines. Uh, rushing yard 21 and a half. I was actually pretty surprised because the Texans are, uh, I think, maybe the worst uh, rushing defense in the league. And I thought there was plenty of room for both Taylor and Hines to hit their props. Taylor did. Hines actually did not. So overall, a, a really good week, a fun week, even though the Eagles lost another one. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I, yeah, I, I was all on the Greg Ward uh, uh, receptions and yardage last week. I hit both of those, as well as Aaron Jones rushing. And like you, like you, I thought that Miles Sanders was going to get the ball a lot. And I, so I put in Sanders' yardage and attempts and didn't hit on either one of those. But overall, a good week. And just one little 
last tidbit on the Jet game last week. I'm sure everybody saw this stat, but it was the first time in 252 situations where it was fourth down and over 40 yards to go with less than, I think it was less than 13 seconds to go, something like that, that a zero blitz had been called. And lo and behold, it's the New York Jets. I mean, how more Jet-like could that be? So a very interesting tweet after the game is that it's typical Jets to have the wrong Lamar Jackson on your team. So there you go. He was the guy in coverage. That's, that's hysterical. The, the wrong Lamar Jackson on your team. At that point, I considered that the Jets, you know, they had done it again, this time by actually winning a game. But, you know, it just goes to show you that even in this wacky, crazy year, uh, that football can still be unexpected and surprise us. Uh, that's a great thing. Sometimes it, it works out well for you, and the Jets inch a little bit closer to Trevor Lawrence. Sometimes it, it doesn't work out as well. You know, when you have Miles Sanders and your head coach, um, you know, has every reason in the world to play him more and he won't. And you don't know why. So you lose your prop. But that's gambling for you. That's gambling for you. That's gambling. That's the NFL. I mean, any given Sunday, they say, uh, thankfully, any given Sunday didn't work out in the Jets' favor. Last week, as far as victory is concerned, but it did work out in the Jets' favor as far as keeping their completely defeated season going and on track for the number one pick. So we move on to week 14. I don't think that I need to state this enough, but I am a Jet fan, and so I pick the Jets every week unless they're on a bye. This week, I'm telling you right now, they are running into a juggernaut. juggernaut. And it's not because the Seahawks are this great team, although their record is 8-4. and four. It's because the Seahawks lost last week at home to the New York Giants. They need a get well game and the magic elixir is the New York Jets. The Jets have to be completely deflated after last week's loss. So the Jets roll into Seattle. Seattle is giving 13 and a half points. The over under is 47. Now, as everybody knows, I do not like to take double-digit favorites, but given the circumstances of last week's Jet loss, given the circumstances of Seattle's loss to the Giants, I think Seattle is going to come out hot. I think they are going to just steamroll the New York Jets. So for me, I'm going to be all over Seattle this week, and why? Okay, <clears throat> so let's look at Seattle. They're like a tale of two defenses. The first eight games, they were giving up 30.4 points per game. 455.8 total yards, 362.1 through the air, and they were only sacking the quarterback 2.4 sacks per game. Since the return of Jamal Adams, their last four games, with Carlos Dunlap coming over from the Bengals, the defense has actually played very well. They're only giving up 19.5 points, 368.8 total yards, 205 through the air, and they're sacking the quarterback three and a half times per game. Jamal Adams actually leads the league for defensive backs in sacks with seven and a half sacks. He's 11th overall in the NFL, and his seven and a half sacks is the most by a defensive back since the sack became an actual statistic in 1982. So he's having a very good season sacking the quarterback, and I could see this happening again to uh, his former teammate, Sam Darnold. So this is a reunion game for Jamal Adams. I mean, his divorce from the Jets was very public and it was very nasty. But the Jets, I think, made out in the end by getting two first-round draft picks from Seattle. But 
you know, this is like one of those uh, chip on your shoulder games for Jamal Adams. And I can see him having a really big game. Hasn't played very well in coverage, but that was, he didn't play very well in coverage when he was on the Jets, but he's a great run stopper. Not that the Jets have a great run, a rushing attack, but they don't really have a great passing attack either. Um, Sam Darnold had a pretty up and down game last week. He threw two touchdowns. He ran for another one, uh, but he also had two fumbles on strip sacks that he lost and one interception, which was terrible. So the Jets kept up their streak by giving up 30-plus points in all seven non-divisional games this season. Russell Wilson last week lost a non-divisional game. He has not lost back-to-back non-divisional games since weeks one and two in 2018, and that is not going to happen this week. Seattle's lost three out of five. But again, not this week. They're, you know, they're running into the worst team in the league. They're 0-12. So I think Seattle is really going to steamroll the Jets this week. I love DK Metcalf to have a big day. The Jets have rookie cornerbacks. Metcalf has just torched teams this season, and he's due to have a big game. Russell Wilson's going to have a big game. And again, the Jets have the wrong Lamar Jackson in the defensive backfield, and there's no way he's going to be able to cover DK Metcalf. So I like the, the Seahawks in this game laying 13 and a half. My props for this week are Russell Wilson over 24 and a half completions. Again, with a rookie defensive backfield for the Jets. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a big day. He's very overdue. His passing yardage is one of the only uh, player props up on DraftKings right now. It's 286 and a half passing yards at minus 118. I think he's going to go over that, but the better play is to play it on FanDuel because it's 280.5 passing yards at minus 110. So uh, better VIG, uh, better over-under odds. So I like the Wilson passing yards on FanDuel. And of course, as I just mentioned, I think DK Metcalf is going to have a really big day. His, uh, his yardage is 77.5 minus 110 on FanDuel. I like him to go over that, as well as over 5.5 receptions. Not great odds on FanDuel but minus 136, but I still like Metcalf to, uh, to crush that prop as well. John, any thoughts on the Jet-Seahawk game? Yeah, I mean, the, the Jets have been playing tough as of late, but it's hard to argue with the idea that Seattle is just going to come in here, you know, into this game like a house on fire. They really need to. They, they've really had a down month, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I like the props. I think DK Metcalf could really go off here. I'll just throw one more on there. I'm going to take Russell Wilson uh, rushing yards, uh, 26 and a half on Fandle at minus 110. Uh, Russ is averaging 32.6 rushing yards a game uh, this year, and I think that he's going to be rushing uh, in this game quite a bit. I I would expect Russell Wilson to really try to take this game on his back so I could see him, you know, rushing more even than he normally does. That 26 and a half number is below his average, so I'll take that all day long. That's at least one tasty 50 burger. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. Yeah, you know, I saw that prop on FanDuel, and my thought on this game is that he's not going to have to do much with his legs. I think he's just going to sit back there. He's going to hand the ball off to Chris Carson, and he's going to throw the ball through the air, again, against those rookie defensive backs of the Jets. So I saw it. I'm kind of stay away from that prop because I don't think he's going to have to do too much on his legs. You know, given his average rushing, it's not a bad play. For me, I'm probably going to stay away from it. So, John, let's talk about your...
Philadelphia Eagles, who aren't not who are not much better than my New York Jets. Who do they got this week? Well, the Eagles are at quote unquote home in Philadelphia this week. They are hosting the New Orleans Saints, who come in at ten and two, uh, the best team in the NFC right now. They're the only team in the NFC that has clinched a playoff spot so far. Uh, the Eagles obviously are on the other end of the spectrum. The Saints have lost Drew Brees for a few weeks. Taysom Hill has come in and won every start. He has, obviously, he's not nearly the passer that Brees is, even at Brees' advanced age and abilities right now. So the Saints have sort of morphed who they are uh, because of who the quarterback is. Taysom Hill has been effective rushing the ball. He got his first two uh, touchdown passes last week. And the Saints defense is absolutely gangbusters. The story on the other side of the ball is that the Eagles have been beset with injuries, poor play calling, poor personnel decisions, and the quarterback has played really terrible this year. Um, I'm not one of those guys who has given up on Carson Wentz. I think the talent is still there. Even as recently as last year, he was still playing really, really well. It's just been a horrible year. And as a result, he's been benched this week. And number two pick out of Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts is going to come in and start the game. Last week, Jalen Hurts came in and played the second half. He did provide a spark for the Eagles overall. It seemed like the whole team was picked up a little bit. It was not enough to beat the Packers last week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Saints this week either. The Saints come in on a nine-game win streak. This is going to be Taysom Hill's fourth straight start in a row. Uh, He got his, like I said, he got his first two passing touchdowns last week. The Eagles, on the other hand, have lost four in a row. In that game last week where Jalen Hurts came in, he was 5 of 12 for 109 yards, although a big chunk of that was on a touchdown pass to Greg Ward. He got that touchdown, threw another interception, also rushed the ball five times for 29 yards. We'll get back to that in a second as well. Uh, With respect to the Saints and Eagles um, history, the Saints are 7-2 and in their last nine games against the Eagles. It hasn't gone well for the Saint, for the Eagles, excuse me, against New Orleans. Although against the spread is a little bit better. The Saints only five and four against the spread in those nine games against the Eagles. This year, Saints seven and five against the spread, Eagles four and eight against the spread. But the story to me, uh, even though I would love to see Jalen Hurts come in this week, provide a spark to the Eagles and come up with a big win here. Uh, to me, the story of the game is really the Saints defense. You know, listen to this. The Saints overall in 2020, they're number two in overall yards. They're the number one, number, excuse me, the number two defense in giving up rushing yards per game, number four in passing yards, and fifth in points. The Saints defense has been absolutely gangbusters. It doesn't help my heart at all that the Saints defense boasts two key uh, secondary members of the Eagles from the Eagles 2018 Super Bowl, Malcolm Jenkins, who was a leader of the Eagles team, as well as Patrick Robinson. Although Patrick Robinson is actually questionable for the Saints this week. And taking all that into account, I, I don't really see uh, an easy path to believe the Eagles could win this game. Uh, is there a universe where it's close? Sure. Taysom Hill uh, is not an, an effective passer. Uh, He could throw a couple of interceptions. Jalen Hurts could provide a a continued spark to the Eagles team, but I don't think that you'd be able to bet bet that way. Right now, um, 
at the beginning of the day, the Saints were only giving seven on FanDuel. I think that's gone up to seven and a half. On DraftKings, they're giving eight. I think the play here is you got to take the Saints and give the points. Look at the look at both sites and and, and just take the lower number. Um, on FanDuel, minus seven this morning was minus one eighteen. Now that's up to seven and a half. It's really not that big of a difference between seven and a half and eight, but take the lower number. I would say take the Saints on FanDuel, give the seven and a half. As far as props go, the Eagles overall this year have the 25th worst rushing defense. A little bit better in their last three games, but even then, they're only up to 19th overall. And even in those games, they're still giving up 120 rushing yards per game. So immediately, I go to the Saints offense. Like I mentioned earlier, the Saints offense has morphed a little bit under Taysom Hill. You know, Alvin Kamara is not catching the ball anymore at all. Has Alvin Kamara fantasy owners freaking out right now. But they're still rushing the ball. Uh, Alvin Kamara came back to have 88 rushing yards last week. Taysom Hill's been rushing the ball. I like both those guys this week against the Eagles defense. Alvin Kamara's uh, rushing yards prop on FanDuel is 55 and a half at minus 110. I'll take that. Taysom Hill's uh, rushing prop is 45 and a half, also at minus 110. Hill is averaging 51.6 rushing yards in his last six. Um, so I think that 45 and a half number is great against the Eagles defense that really is not stopping the run that well this year. And I think there's room for both Kamara and Hill to hit their props. I expect them to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball in an attempt to cram the ball down the Eagles throats, keep Jalen Hurts off the field. Don't even let him provide a spark. So I love both of those. I'm also taking a look at, I also kind of like on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts. Uh, rushing yards at 39 and a half. Jalen Hurts had 29 rushing yards last week coming off the bench in just one one half overall. I expect a lot of designed runs from the Eagles this week. Um, I expect Jalen Hurts to, to take off on his own quickly when plays break down. So I definitely think he could hit that 39 and a half. Also, the last one I got here, also kind of looking at Jalen Hurts 18 and a half completions. And honestly, the only reason I'm really looking at that is that it's just such a low number. Uh, and if the, the Saints score early, they might force the Eagles to throw more in the second half, which could lead to that. But that's sort of the order I like them. Uh, my favorite is Kamara, 55 and a half rushing yards, then Taysom Hill, 45 and a half rushing yards, then Jalen Hurts, 39 and a half rushing yards. Uh, and then lastly, Hurts 18 and a half completions. Um, how do you see this game going down, JT? Yeah, I mean, seven and a half or eight points is a lot to lay, but the Eagles have really been playing pretty bad. The thing that, that kind of concerns me about this game is I still don't know what to make of Taysom Hill as a full-time starting quarterback. And with Jalen Hurts, you know, starting this game, only coming into the game last week in the second half, um, I don't know how he's going to play for an entire half. So this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from. You know, gun to my head, if I had to choose, I'd probably take the Saints and lay the points just because the Eagles have played so bad. But, again, it's like a tale of two quarterbacks who I really don't know a whole lot about. Um, Taysom Hill looked better in the passing game last week than he did the first week he started. But I still don't know whether he's more of a running quarterback than, you know, a reliable traditional starting quarterback. And again, Jalen Hurts, I'm not quite sure what to make of him either. So it's a game I'm probably going to stay away from. Interesting stat that I heard 
on the radio the other day is that the Saints, I believe, are either 11-0 or 12-0 with Breeze out because of injury. So I think the Saints are going to win. I just i am not quite sure about the point spread. I do like the props, especially the Hill rushing and the Hertz rushing, as well as the Kamara rushing. That Kamara is probably my top out of those three. The other prop I, I was looking at, and he hasn't really had a very good season this year, but with Jalen Hurts starting, you know, usually your safety valve is either your running back or your tight end. And I think Zach Ertz is actually going to have a pretty decent game this week. His uh, yardage total is 26 and a half yards and his receptions are two and a half receptions. So I like Zach Ertz to actually have a pretty decent game this week over two and a half receptions minus 137 on DraftKings and great odds on DraftKings on, on yardage uh, over 26 and a half yards. So those are my thoughts on, on the uh, Saints Eagles game. Any last thoughts, John? Yeah, I mean, I really, I really, really love the call on, on Zach Ertz. That's exactly the kind of thing uh, that helps you win props when you, you, you take a look at outside circumstances that are coming together. What I mean by that is Zach Ertz, who's been one of the best tight ends in the league over the last few years in the Eagles, Eagles offense, out with injury for a while, but back in. I could easily see Hertz going to his tight ends, like you were saying. And really, those are pretty low numbers for a player of Zach Ertz's talent. So I love both of those. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, one thing that I left out, I, I complained about Doug Peterson a little bit. But on the other side, you mentioned the Saints record when not having Drew Brees and how good they've been. And I think that's a testament to uh, how good Sean Payton, of a, uh, how good of a coach Sean Payton is. Uh, and he's really good, obviously, at tailoring his game plan to who's starting at quarterback. Uh, and that's why I expect that to continue here and for the Saints ultimately to win again. Yeah, I'd love to have Sean Payton as my coach. Uh, we'll see what the Jets do next year after they fire Adam Gase at the end of the season. So, all right, let's move on to our, our second game this week. So I looked at the schedule and the one game that really jumped out at me, and I know it's not, you know, the sexy game because it's two teams that are, have losing records, but I'm taking the Washington football team traveling to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the line has Washington getting, getting, not giving, getting three and a half points, and the over-under is 43 and a half. And the reason why it jumped out at me is because Washington's actually been playing very well of recent, and the 49ers just got blasted by the, uh, the Patriots the week before. So I really like the way Washington is playing, and I think they got a real shot in the arm when Alex Smith became the starting quarterback. Um, his story is obviously an inspiration to a lot of people coming back from that horrific leg injury, and he's played very well. Last week he threw for almost 300 yards. I think he missed it by three or four yards, either 296 or 297, and played very well coming back and beating the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers on uh, last week, during the week. So this game is being played in Glendale, Arizona, because the 49ers were essentially kicked out of their stadium in Santa Clara, California, due to uh, COVID concerns and uh, the lockdown. So teams that have played home games in other teams' stadiums are actually one in five since the 1970 merger of the, NF, uh, the NFL and the AFL. So it doesn't really bode well for the, the 49ers this week, given that statistic. Um, Washington is, is an interesting team. They're a tale of two halves. Uh, in the first half, they are trailing their opponents this season 
15.3 points by their opponent to only 8.2 for Washington. But in the second half, they're actually outscoring their opponents 13.8 to 6.2 in the second half. Uh, so just like last week where they were trailing the Steelers 14 to three at halftime and they outscored the Steelers 20 to three in the second half, the 49ers do not have Jimmy G he's on injured reserve until week 16. Same thing with, uh, George Kittle. Um, despite that Nick Mullins actually played pretty well for the 49ers, but I see him running into a problem with, with Washington because their defense is actually very good especially with, you know, the number two pick in last year's draft, Chase Young, plus playing phenomenal this year. The 49ers still have Raheem Mostert. They still have Debo Samuel and the rookie Brandon Ayuk. I just don't think it's going to be enough this week. And they're not playing in their real home stadium. They're playing in Arizona. They didn't play well last week. So I really like Washington this week. Terry McLaren is their leading receiver. And last week, he only had two receptions for 14 yards. But Alex Smith seemed to find other, other uh, players like tight end Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick, both of whom had career uh, receiving days with Thomas uh, having nine receptions for 98 yards and McKissick having 10 receptions for 70 yards coming out of the backfield. So the way I see this game, I like Washington. I like Washington to win this game outright, but getting three and a half points getting three and a half points, take the points, take the Redskins. And in fact, I'm probably going to bet the money line in this game. Great odds, plus 144 on DraftKings. So I love the, the Redskins this week against the 49ers who are basically in a tailspin. And the Redskins are, are on that, that uh, archway up. And in fact, they are in a, a battle with the New York Giants for first place in the division. And in fact, if you look at the standings, there's a possibility that if the Giants and Redskins win out with a little bit of help from some other teams, both of those teams could in fact make the playoffs, especially with seven teams making the playoffs this year. So my props this, this week in this game, I like Alex Smith over 222 and a half yards, minus 110 on FanDuel. He threw for almost 300 yards last week. 49ers are just not a good team. I also like Logan Thomas, the Washington tight end, over 30 and a half yards receiving. Again, last week he had 98 yards. I get it. It was a career day. But it seems like he's becoming a favorite target of Alex Smith. So it's a low number. Again, minus 110 on FanDuel. So those are my props. That's my analysis of this game. John, any thoughts? Yeah. You know, the Washington football team has really been uh, extremely impressive, especially since Thanksgiving. Uh, when they absolutely destroyed Dallas. It's been impressive to see how they've rallied around Alex Smith and how Smith seems like he's gaining even more and more confidence every week. Another prop I'd like to throw out there is uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, I really would love to see what his catches come out as, but the catch, catches prop isn't up yet on either FanDuel or, or DraftKings. So I'll, I would take his receiving yards for now on FanDuel, which is 35 and a half. He had 70 receiving yards last week, 10 catches. Alex Smith clearly looks at McKissick as his security blanket type player. Overall, I'll probably stay away from the game because while I have been impressed with the way Washington has played, I think San Francisco, uh, as you mentioned, has a lot of talent still, even with Nick Mullins playing at quarterback. And they've been getting a little bit healthier, you know, getting Debo Samuel back, like you said, from injury, getting Brandon Ayuk back from the COVID list, getting Raheem Mostert back. Uh, and while... You know, they lost last week. They lost to Buffalo, who I think – I believe Buffalo is kind of one of the better teams in the league. You know, I think, you know, possibly top five or six teams in the league. So, you know, 
I don't hold that against them too much. So I'm going to stay away from the game overall, but I do like uh, J.D. McKissick to hit the over on yards, and I'm going to come back and keep checking the props on catches because depending on what that number is, I might take that as well. All right, good stuff. So, um, John, who do you got in your second game this week? I've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. Wish I had grabbed this game right at the when it opened because it opened with the Ravens giving one and a half points to the Cleveland Browns on the road. As of right now, as we record this podcast on Saturday, the 15th, the Ravens are giving two and a half at minus 112 on FanDuel, and they're giving two at minus 113 on DraftKings. You know, last week, the Browns won big over the Titans. They absolutely crushed them. Uh, and uh, Baker Mayfield had one of his, the best games of his career, if not the best game of his career. Uh, Baker went 25 of 33 for 334 yards and four touchdowns. Um, but, you know, that's sort of what he does, right? Uh, Baker Mayfield will drive you nuts with some of the passes he misses on a week-in, week-out basis. Then he'll come out and have some ridiculous game and remind everyone why, you know, he was taken number one overall by Cleveland. But I'm still not a believer. I am still not a believer in the Cleveland Browns overall. I like some of the things they've done personnel-wise. But I think Baltimore, on the other hand, the Baltimore Ravens, who a couple of weeks ago just went through that horrible COVID fiasco, now have most of those players back, okay? I think we're going to start to see the Ravens come through the home stretch here and really round out into one of the best teams in the league, which is what we all thought coming into the year. Remember game one, week, week one, the Ravens crushed the Cleveland Browns 38-6. to Now, I don't totally hold that game against the Browns because that amounted to like another preseason game in this weird year that we had like no preseason and very little training camp. But since that time, the Ravens have had their troubles, but I think they're going to start really, really, really feeling their oats here. Uh, even with all of their problems, the Ravens are the number one rushing team in the league. They've got Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar looked really good last week. They've got Gus Edwards back. They've got J.K. Dobbins. They've got Ingram back. Uh, it seems questionable as to whether or not they'll have Mark Andrews. I think right now we're planning to not have Mark Andrews. But I'm going to take the Ravens here because I don't believe in the Cleveland Browns team. I'm going to take the Ravens, right? And if you're going to take it today, take it on DraftKings and give the two. Uh, it's supposed to be a cold night Monday night, so I can see a lot of rushing. It might rain because it's Cleveland, and it might rain any day of the week in Cleveland. As far as props go, I mentioned that the Ravens are the number one rushing team in the league, so I like a couple of rushing props this week. Number one, let me get Gus Edwards. Get on the Gus bus. Are you? 30 and a half rushing yards on FanDuel. He had 101 yards last week. I love Gus Edwards to crush that 30 and a half this week. I'm going to hammer that. Hammer time. Uh, I also like Lamar Jackson. His rushing prop this year is 53 and a half rushing yards. Below his average at minus 110, he would have hit 53 and a half rushing yards. Even with all the craziness going on, he hit that five out of his last six games. Going to hammer that one too. That's oh. Hammer time. It's another, another 50 burger. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. So give me the Baltimore Ravens to win a big division game this week on the road in Cleveland. Taking the Ravens, I'll give the two and give me the Gus Bus and Lamar Jackson rushing this week. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I mean, I, 
you know, I was really impressed with Cleveland last week, you know, coming out against Tennessee and just unloading on them. But Tennessee actually came back and made it a relatively close game at the end and torched that Cleveland defense in the second part of that game. So, and, and I was actually very impressed with Baltimore this past week too. And I think getting healthy, um, getting all the players coming back off the COVID list. I do like the Ravens this week as well. The line's, you know, a pretty small line. So I do like the Ravens this week against, against the Cleveland Browns because I'm not quite sure what to make of the Browns. I mean, they look good offensively, but their defense just really fell apart in the second part of that game last week. Uh, the one prop that I really liked this week, I like Lamar Jackson's score touchdown. It's plus 150 on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, his prop to score touchdown is plus 170. So I like Lamar. I like his rushing yardage. I like him to score a touchdown. And I also like Gus Edwards. Perhaps, you know, you and I are a little bit biased coming from the great Rutgers University. But yeah, he had a great game last week. So I think that's going to continue. Given the fact that it's only 30 and a half rushing yards, I like that Gus Edwards prop as well. Any uh, last thoughts on this game, John? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, the, the Ravens last week, I think last week was the definition of a get-right game. Coming off the heels of that, you know, just that COVID mess with the, the game that, you know, we didn't know if it was ever going to be played. And then Trace McSorley, uh, who I think was a baseball player from 1976, uh, ends up playing quarterback for the Ravens. They get the get-right game last week, come out, smash the Dallas Cowboys, run all over them. I think that's exactly what the Ravens needed. You know, Cleveland's coming off a four-game win streak. I, I just don't see it. I have been impressed with them, uh, but they've been inconsistent before that. So I think this is where, you know, uh, it comes home to roost. The Cleveland comes down to earth a little bit and loses to a Baltimore Ravens team that I think is better on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, look, Baltimore's in, in a fight for their lives, their playoff lives. So this is a game they have to win. I don't think Cleveland necessarily has to win this game. Um, Cleveland does have the Jets on their schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks. So it's not a crucial game for Cleveland, although they are probably going to play tough, but it's more important to the Ravens. And I think coming off that just cruising victory against the Cowboys last week, they got right, they're back healthy. So I do like the Ravens in this game. All right. So before we move into our, our last and favorite phase of the podcast, I'm going to give you my college football nugget. Can you give me just four nuggets? Not going to get too crazy with this one, but I like Alabama to just absolutely destroy Arkansas this week. I know I'm not like going out on a limb by saying Alabama is going to win, but the line's 31 points. That's a huge line, but college football is a lot different than the NFL. Here's why I like this game. Arkansas has lost their last three games. They look pretty decent in the beginning of the season, but they've really fell on hard times. They're three and six. Alabama's nine and oh. Alabama just looked like world beaters against LSU last week, killing them 55 to 17. Arkansas lost to LSU. LSU is the shell of themselves this year. So, you know, looking at those head to head, these are two SEC teams. I know the game's in Arkansas, but I love Alabama this week to just unload against Arkansas. So that's my college football nugget. All right. So into the last phase of the podcast, John, why don't you start us off this week with your track of the week? Not a problem. Uh, as most of our listeners will know, uh, while I, I love all different kinds of music, most put most different kinds of music. Dance music and house music is really what I'm about. However, 
I've always had a little bit of love for hip hop. So for people out there, Kid Cudi's album, Man on the Moon Part 3, just came out last week. I just started listening to it uh, this morning. If, if you want some kind of like cool, thoughtful, chill hip hop, that's really a great way to go. There's so many great songs. The ending of the album is fantastic. Songs like Rockstar Nights, Lord I Know, a lot of great stuff there. I would choose one of those as my track of the week, but I don't want to get killed for copyright. So I'm going to go in a different direction here. And I'm going to go with uh, a song that really uh, goes back to my roots here, a house music song. Uh, it is a track called One Chance, One Move, One Dance, One Shot. It's out on Django Music is the record label. The artist is Tim Porta, a French house music DJ and producer based out of Dubai, according to the internet. It's a great, fun, housey uh, record. Uh, a very, has like a, a filtered house feel with, with definitely a, a 2020 house music vibe. So definitely check it out. Tim Porta's One Chance, One Move, One Dance, One Shot on Django Music. back to my late 90s club days of the Roxy down on 10th Avenue and 17th Street. Twilo with Junior Vasquez. Johnny Vicious at Roxy. Johnny Vicious and Boris at, at Roxy. And I'm going to go with an old classic called This Joy. Junior Vasquez Razor and Guido and Vanessa Mitchell. Man, can't get enough of this track. I just had this sort of classic vibe this week. Broke it out, started playing it over and over again. It's just a, a, it's a great track and that's my track of the week this week. of our week 14 podcast of Wagers Ragers. So, everybody, let your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful this week. We will see you next week for week 15, Wagers Ragers, and we are out. Thanks. I'm Debo. Who? Debo. You just took mine, eh?